Welcome to the Metro Detroit Christian Church Podcast. Up next, you will hear a message delivered by one of our pastors or guest speakers. We pray that you encounter Jesus Christ as you engage with this message. Turn to Psalm 33. We're actually still in worship. Psalm 33 is all about worship. We're actually still in ministry, having things being made new. Our definitions of what ministry, of what worship is, they need to shift. It's all. They need to be not defined by our history, but by our God. Yes. And by his word. Yes. Oh, thank you, Lord. Something fresh just hit right there. We've been working through the staleness of religion. Thank you, Lord. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with a harp. Make melody to him with an instrument of ten strings. This is where we started this morning. Yes. In rejoicing. In worshiping with stringed instruments. Yes. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is right. Yes. Yes. And his work is done in truth. Yes. He loves righteousness and justice. Yes. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. This is what Pastor Pete and Lisa were were pulling us into out of just our narrow definition, pulling us in to see, look at the word of the Lord. It's right. He loves truth. Align with truth, even in the state. Exercise your worship muscles to see that the Lord loves truth, that his word is right. Yes. And see in your sphere, in your state, where things are not aligning with the word of the Lord. Yeah. Because God hates that. Yes, he does. And he's looking for a people on the ground who love what he loves. Yes. For the word of the Lord is right. And his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Those waters are culture. Yeah. In scripture, waters often symbolize culture. So he is gathering up culture in yes. a heap. Yes. Just because something is, is in mainstream culture means nothing to our God. Yeah. He gathers them up in a heap. Yes. He pushes Come them up. back all the way to Adam. Yes. He flexes his right arm, says, I am the one who defines who man is. I am the one who defines what government is. I'm going to push this culture all the way back. Yes, Lord. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of our God. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood still. Stood fast even. (laughs) Look at this. 
The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. This is what we're in right now. This is where we're shifting to. This type of worship, this type of ministry. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the people no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart are to all generations. The word in the air actually is cutting off generations. That's, that is the spirit of the air right now. Yeah. It's to cut off generations. Yes, yes. Part of what Pastor Lisa is pulling us into of understanding the 2030 initiative is the cutting off of generations. Yes. God hates that. Yes. He loves generations. Yes. The plans of his heart are to all generations. Yes. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed are you people. Come out of being a victim. Come out of being less than. You are a people of God. You are a nation. Pulled out of a nation. You need to agree with this scripture. Say, I'm blessed. Stop stop associating with the self-focused victim. And say, I'm in the people of God. I'm blessed. Come on. Come on. The people he has chosen for his own inheritance. Thank you, Lord. He's chosen a people to be his inheritance, to be righteousness on earth, to be full of the spirit walking around, speaking the gospel, bringing more people into that inheritance. That's his inheritance as a people, is you. How can you be a victim if you're God's inheritance? Just speak that to whatever voice has been dogging you. God loves you. He is for you. You are in his his inheritance. That's what the cross is for. To bring you from wherever you're at to being the fullness of his inheritance. Full of his spirit. Full of overcoming. Full of the voice of government that he is pulling you into. The Lord looks from heaven and he sees all the sons of men. From the place of his dwelling, he looks on the inhabitants of the earth. Lord, thank you. You see all men. You look down and you see all men. You fashion their hearts individually and you consider all their works. That's what you were even doing today. Giving out your love. Saying, I see you. I see you and I fashion your heart. Thank you, Lord. And then here we go, shifting back to a global, to government, from the individual back to the government perspective. You see, you see this pattern? This is so not Western Christianity, what we've grown up in, just from the sweetness of receiving the love. Then look at this next verse. No king is saved by the multitude of his army. It's whiplash. Staying with Christ is whiplash to your old man. To your natural man. <laughs> you just got to keep letting go of, okay, I guess this is where we're at. No king is saved by the multitude of an army. No king is saved by the multitude of his money. By the multitude of his influence. By him moving into Troy and deciding that our city is going to be this, this capital of the enemy's move. 
No king is saved. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain hope for safety. Thank you, Lord. A horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. Lord, the things that men rely on, put their trust in, are vain. Lord, they are nothing compared to those who put their strength, who put their trust in you, Lord. And we put our trust in you. Lord, knowing that you, those who put their trust in you, shall not be ashamed. So, Lord, I put my whole trust, my whole life, I lean into you, Lord. No escape hatch. Lord, if you let this down, I'm sunk. But thank you, Lord, you are faithful. That's our whole life. That's living in faith. No escape hatch. How long do I go, Pastor Pete? Is the next one swing back? <laughs> Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. Is that where we're at? <laughs> Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy. The eye of the Lord is on you. He sees what you, the choice you make in your own private life to fear him. To rely fully on his mercy. Thank you, Lord. You deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Thank you, Lord. You see each one of us and you are committed to deliver our soul from death. He's committed to deliver your soul from death. Whatever death is eating away at your soul, that's your mind, your will, and your emotions. There are things that erode at that, that want to see death in your mind, your will, and emotions. He's committed to restoring that to life, to pulling your soul out of death, and to keep you alive no matter what's happening in the earth. Be it a famine of food, be it a famine of the word of the Lord, he is committed to keeping you sustained and full. Thank you, Lord. Your eye is on a people. Lord, our soul waits for you. You are our help and our shield. For our hearts shall rejoice in you because you, we have trusted in your holy name. Let your mercy, O oh Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. So the Lord has a word for you today, he doesn't want us to shift into a preaching mode, and we're not going to dismiss kids for family school of the Bible. We want to stay in a flow, and I'm in Daniel 10, 11, and 12. If you can just really stay in this mode, I feel fearful even to open up my mouth that we disturb the spirit of what's here. Yeah, if you, if you sense to keep singing, please do. <clears throat> I am concerned about some of you who are not, don't have what it takes to contribute to the building of the house of the Lord. 
according to what's stored up in your heart from the scriptures will be your capacity to build up the house of the Lord. Hear me in the name of Jesus. The Lord is calling you out of being spoon-fed and being a builder, out of being a youth and being an adult in the house of God. Of course, not, this is not for those who are brand new believers, but it's for anybody who's been in our culture for any time. If you find yourself with an absence of words on the inside of you, you are at risk of being one that's not able to build the house of the Lord. If the words coming out of you are empty and stale and religious, you're just like, and it doesn't do anything for you. You're at risk of not being a builder. How many of you want to come out of just being an observer, being spoon-fed, and being a builder, a co-builder? with God. God is building something. He's building the most amazing house on the earth. It's not just us. It's, it's going to be across the nations. And there are those who are co-builders with him. They're laboring with God in building. <clears throat> how is he going to take us from our current state into being builders? Look at Daniel 10. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. So the fulfillment of the message that Daniel was given was a long way off. Well, let me tell you, we are at the tail end of that long way off. We are, at, we are in the fulfillment of this word that the Lord gave to Daniel. Let me tell you, you need to know the time. Kick out church usual. Just kick it out of your brains. Kick it out of your heart. Kick it out of your culture. This, this rigid structure that you fit your life into or you try to fit into your life and then you have the rest of your life. No, this, this house is so flexible. It's the house of God. And what we are is we are a people amongst whom the word is being fulfilled. That's what's happening in our lives is the word is being fulfilled. This word that God gave Daniel, it was for an appointed time, but it was for a point in time at the end of the age. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. He was fasting. And I believe the Lord will want us to fast probably at the end of this month or the beginning of March before our next day of power. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked. And behold, a certain man, a true man, clothed in linen this is a priestly garment suddenly he just shows up in the air the apostle john saw this same man suddenly he just showed up and the priest of god in the order of melchizedek this certain man this true man he was there 
What they were waiting for, he was there. What they were praying for, he was there. What they were fasting for, he was there. In garments, in linen garments, whose waist was girded with gold of euphaz. His body was like burl. His face was like the appearance of lightning. His eyes were like torches of fire. His arms and feet like burnished bronze in color. And the sound of his words was like the voice of a multitude. This is the Son of God. This is the Son of Man. This is the Christ. This is the Messiah. He showed up. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision. You want to be one of the peoples that see the vision. In the name of the Lord Jesus, there is a reward for coming to the house of God. There is a reward for not forsaking the assembly of the saints. And the Lord sees you today. And he honors your participation, your attendance at the house of God. And today, he's giving you eyes to see. You will see him when he arrives. I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me. The same thing happened to John in Revelation. These John and Daniel having the same encounter. For my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and when I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. Mm. Suddenly, a hand touched me. The hand that touches him is not the hand of the certain man, the true man. Because in this vision, there are three that look like the sons of men because this vision goes on in chapter 10, chapter 11, and chapter 12. And if you look at chapter 12, verse five, it says, I, Daniel, looked and there stood two others one on this riverbank and the other on the riverbank. The other, the one said to the man clothed in linen, the certain man who was above the waters of the river, how long shall be the fulfillment of these wonders be? So there's two others with this man, this certain man, there's two others. One is Gabriel and the other is Michael. These two angels show up a number of different times in the book of Daniel to interact with Daniel. And they are accompanying the son of man here. And the one in verse 10, the hand that suddenly touches, and this is, a, this is happening right now. By the name of Jesus, suddenly something is happening to you. You, in this room, who have faith, who have eyes to see and ears to hear, suddenly a hand is going to touch you. And it's going to make you tremble in your knees. The fear of the Lord is being restored to MDCC. Before it can come to the culture, it has to come to the house of God. Your knees are going to tremble, and the palms of your hands will tremble in the presence of God. And he said to me, this angel, this is Gabriel. He says, oh, Daniel, 
man greatly beloved, understand the words I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Do you realize that Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, speaks through angels? When an angel speaks, it is nonetheless the Son of God speaking. It is the voice of God. So the Son of Man can be standing right there, and Gabriel is speaking, and it's the Lord speaking. And he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. I just set this assembly. I set this assembly for the next three weeks. I set this assembly with a heart to understand and to humble ourselves before God. If we will set ourselves to understand and we will humble ourselves before God, our words will be heard. And I have come, Gabriel says, I have come because of your words. In the days to come, the angels will come because of our words. And I have come because of your words, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia, this is how we know it's not son of man, because the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. The prince of the kingdom of Persia cannot withstand the son of man. This is an inferior angelic being to Christ. Let me tell you, we are in a battle. The battle is with princes of nations, princes of organizations, princes of governments, princes at local, federal, state, county levels. There's above human government is a spiritual government. We are at war with these princes. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. So there's princes of darkness, and there's princes of light. Michael, one of the chief princes, the one that's over Israel, that's one that's over the people of God, he came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Poor Gabriel. (laughs) He was the sole person fighting the princes of the air. And then Michael shows up, and Scripture says one can chase a 1,000 to flight, but two can chase 10,000 to flight. And these two angels together got the victory. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. Do you want to understand what is going to happen to you in the latter days? The Lord is giving us a messenger angel, a revelation angel to understand. If we will set our hearts to understand, the Lord will give you understanding. For the vision refers to many days yet to come. When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. And suddenly, one having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips Then I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have been overwhelmed, and I have retained no strength. For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? 
As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Then again, the one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me, and he said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be to you, be strong, yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for you've strengthened me. Then he said, do you know why I have come to you? Do you know why the Son of Man is appearing to us and sending revelation? The angel, Gabriel, has been sent to Daniel to understand the message. We need revelation. You must have revelation. We cannot see God. We cannot see the devil. We cannot see principalities and powers. We can't see angels. We can't see how God is moving in our current generation. Right now, God is moving with his kingdom, his dominion over these powers of darkness. We can't see it. It must be revealed. Corinthians says, I hasn't seen Ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. What God has prepared for his people. But the Spirit reveals it to us. Jesus says in Matthew, the kingdom has been prepared for us from the foundation of the world. But you can't see it. It must be revealed to you. Let me tell you, you need to come to Zion. You need to come out of church usual. You need to come out of trying to fit your life into the structure of the, trying to fit the structure of the church into your life and fit your life into the structure, the very flexible, expanding structure of this cloud presence that has come to the body of Christ. That's where revelation is. Revelation is coming to the house so you can see. You can see God. In a minute or two, somebody here is going to have conviction about how blind you are. If you will repent and turn, come forward, you will get revelation. God will open your eyes and you can see. You're going to have a heart that pounds at the presence of God instead of a, uh, instead of a mind that's just calculating and observing and analyzing. God's about to do something in hearts in the next few minutes. It's called repentance. Repentance turns you from an observer to a feeler. It turns you from an analytical person to a spirit of perception and discernment and one that can act and move with God. Lord, hit this house with repentance. We're all blind in one degree or another. Give us eyes to see you, God. Give us Gabriel. Give us a spirit of revelation. Give us understanding of the times we are in. He says, let my Lord speak for you've strengthened me. Then he said, do you know why I've come to you? Do you know why? Do you know why we're gathered here? Do you know why you're alive? Do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I've gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. 
But I will tell you, here's why. I will tell you why. I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. Hear me. Why are you here? Why are you alive? Why do you have children to train and equip and nurture and admonish? Why? Why are you sending them to Christ the King? Why are we doing school of formation? Why? I will tell you why. I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. I am concerned that as the cloud continues to descend on us, I'm concerned that we don't all have the right equipment yet in place in our heart to help build what God is building. I'm concerned that some of you are an echo and not a voice. Hear me. In the name of Jesus, I'm appealing right now past something that's beyond the normal ears you hear with. Something right now is just perking up on the inside of you. An ear is beginning to burst out of your inner man to hear what I'm about to say. Only people with a voice can be co-laborers with God. People who are echoes are part of the old, which is obsolete and is passing away. You can become, you can become an echo in a week or two after a divine visitation. It takes a certain lifestyle to be a voice. May all of us in this room be a voice. Let's make it easy for that generation that is about to run into the cloud. Why has the Son of Man appeared with his angelic hosts to speak to Daniel? He wants him to note what's in the scriptures of truth. Also in the first year of Darius the Mede, I even stood up to confirm and strengthen him. What's going on here? Gabriel's talking to Daniel. And he goes, hey man, you prayed, you fasted, and here I am. And by the way, I came and I helped Michael a few days ago, and then Michael came and helped me. We're like going back and forth helping each other. It's just a little side note that the angel wants to tell Daniel. This is my day. And now I will tell you the truth. Verse 2. Do you want to hear the truth? The truth is in the scriptures. Hear me. Hear me, people of the state of Michigan. Hear me, Ecclesia, in the state of Michigan. Hear me, all of you who are running after prophecy, after prophecy, after prophecy, after prophecy. The truth is in the scriptures. What the Spirit is saying in the current generation by the Spirit of prophecy is in the scriptures. 
the truth about your life. Because we're not just building meetings. God is building people and families, and out of families come institutions and nations. Who are you? Why are you here? What is your life all about? It is not in your ancestral line. It is not in the cultural line that you were born into. The truth about who you are is found in the scriptures. And the Lord is sending you. He's sending us an angel. He's sending us revelation. Oh, today we must run through a troop of religious spirits. We've got to leap over a wall of only being able to engage for a couple hours. Because <laughs> if we'll run through a troop and leap over a wall, you're gonna get a spirit of revelation like you've never had it before, and your life is gonna unfold in the scriptures. And from this point, the angel begins unfolding world history to Daniel. He talks about the Persians and what's going to happen with the Persian Empire and how they're going to be overcome by this great man called, who we know to be Alexander the Great, who brought in the Greek Empire. And then the angel says the Greek Empire at the end of, 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 of Alexander the Great's days, the, his four generals will set up another kingdom. They'll divide the Greek Empire into four kingdoms. And one of those rulers, who we, we know now to be Antioch Epiphanes, who is in the Seleucid Empire, at one point he's going to invade Jerusalem and he's going to set up, he's going to give himself a new name. He's going to be Antioch and he's giving himself the name Epiphanes, God manifest. And he's going to set up the, the, uh, uh, an idol to Zeus on the altar in the temple and offer pig's blood. Abomination of desolation. The angel tells him about these things that are to come. And then transpose over this history that he's revealing to Daniel about, about six, seven hundred years of history. It's like all of a sudden there's an end of the age overlay. This is what Daniel 11 is all about. And Daniel 12, Daniel begins seeing as the angel is unfolding the word of the Son of Man. He starts seeing the very end, the last day. He starts seeing, let's look, let's look at in, in Daniel 12. At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. Even to that time, and at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book, hear me. You've got to find yourself written in the book. Let a spirit of revelation just like rip through this place. I'm talking rip through your identity. Rip through all your lusts, all your generational curses, all the way you've known yourself. Knowing you after the world. How, 
How, how else is this generation that is so broken, so fractured, they're fractured inside into millions of pieces? What's going to put them back together? The scriptures, the word of the Lord. An angel coming to them and saying, greatly beloved, let me tell you who you are. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. He's seeing the end, he's seeing the last day. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there stood two others, one on this river bank and the other on the river bank, and one said, and one said to the man clothed in linen, here's the son of man again, who was above the waters, above the culture. How long shall be the fulfillment of these wonders be? Then I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river when he had held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven. This is the guy who shows up in, in Revelation chapter 10 and gives John a little book to eat. He swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for a time, times and half a time. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all things shall be finished. Although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed to the time of the end. And then this is what's going to happen at the time of the end, verse 10. Many shall be purified when the books are opened again. When the books are opened. At the times of the end, many shall be purified, made white, and refined. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. This message was given to Daniel, and it was sealed up. When Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to heaven, the apostle John saw him. He saw him. He saw Christ. And he saw a book that no one was able to open. And he's weeping. He's weeping. And this elder says to him, don't weep. The lamb Lion of the tribe of Judah. He is able, he's worthy to open the book. He opened the book that was closed for Daniel. And he begins telling John, the things you hear, the things that are revealed to you, write down in a book. You're going to be the last chapter, the last book of a book. Write it down and send it to the churches. Then we see in Revelation 10 that not only is he writing a book and sending it to the churches, but an angel shows up, the Son of Man shows up, and 
with his hands stretched out to heaven, and he's standing one foot on the seas and one foot on the earth. He's got heaven and earth connected and kingdom of heaven and the cultures of the world. And he gives him a little book to eat. He says, eat this. Eat this. Eat this. Eat this. If you eat it, I'm going to send messages to kings and governments and peoples all over the world. The word of the Lord at the end of the age is going to be unlocked and just start going everywhere. The question is, will you be an echo or a voice? Will you have the word stored up inside you so that when we have two hours, two and a half hours of worship, you just got a never-ending flow of words? They're just, they're not coming from strict memory, the, the themes, the visions, the pictures are just fueling psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and they just don't stop. The book ends, Revelation 21, I'll close with this. Verse 18, chapter 22, I'm sorry. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in the book. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. How many want your name written in the book? Our name, finding our identity. It's really about identity. It's about identity. What, what gets you up? What fuels your sense of purpose? What gives you a sense of significance? It's got to be the word of your father. It's, it's not meetings. It's not being used in power encounters. It's your name in the book. Our, our, our access to the holy city is through the words of this book and our name written in it. That's our, that's our access point. If we're going to sustain a city, we need 250 people with the word living in them. So you have a voice. The Spirit can come and just stir up any, any type of, any, anything you've been in that week can be stirred up. Lord, I pray you refresh this people in the Scriptures. Do war, oh God, with the Spirit of the age. Spirit of the age that sends us to and fro Seeking knowledge, but knowledge not from the scriptures. I pray you break the helter-skelter. The preoccupation with the things of this world. The cares of this life. The deceitfulness of riches. Oh God, do warfare against these things.
Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed wrestling with the Word and the Spirit as you engaged with this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.metrodetroit.org. And have a great week.